0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. morning. It looks like uh, we have some excitement in the house. And what's that back there? Larry? We have the veggie table back, huh? Make sure to stop by over there afterwards. Um, I thank God for all of you, and I thank you for coming today. And um, my name is Jim, if uh, if you're new here. And I'm pulling in for Randy. He is in sunny state of Georgia, visiting. And I have a couple announcements to make. Uh, The first being that Tuesday, Granger Paving is going to be sealing the asphalt out here. So they asked us to not drive on it for at least 24 hours, so at the earliest Thursday morning. So stay off of the asphalt. Number two, a resident here in the village of Chippewa Lake is moving from his home and needs help moving stuff out of the house in the garage. He's not in the best of health, physically, and can really use some help. Um, We'll be starting at 9 a.m. Tuesday morning, this Tuesday. And this is an opportunity to share God's grace with our community. If anyone's interested, please see me or Annie after service today. There's a sign-up sheet and some information on it to let you know. Um, what's going on with that. Third, I saved the best for last. This is the first Sunday of the month, and we will be celebrating the sacrament of Holy Communion. This table does not belong to any denomination, does not belong to any church or organization. This table belongs to Jesus, and he's inviting each and every one of you to share in this feast, and to draw closer to him. Our call to worship today is from Nehemiah, if you have your Bibles, open up to Nehemiah in chapter 1, verses 5 through 9. O Lord, God of Heaven, this is just a beautiful prayer. Maybe I should preface this, but this is a time where Nehemiah was going to go to the king and ask him about rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. So this is weighing on him heavily, and how is he going to do this and hope to get permission from the king? So let's start back into this. O Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of unfailing love with those who love him and obey his commands, Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me praying night and day for your people Israel. I confess that we have sinned against you. Yes, even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. Please remember what you told your servant Moses. If you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But if you return to me and obey my commands and live by them, then if you are exiled even to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place I have chosen for my name to be honored. Now we're going to sing a couple song. Thank you Open our ears, hearts, and minds for the reception of your word and the message that you have prepared. Make us whole through your cleansing, forgiveness, and grace. Through the sacrifice of your son, Jesus, your wrath for us was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. So here in the death of Christ, we live. Though we do not have much to give in return, take all of us and use us for your will and be glorified through us. May our lives be a witness to your greatness and love. Through Jesus Christ. Christ. We pray to you. Amen. Amen. At this time, you should go ahead and sit down. We would usually pass the plate for the offering, but because of the situation, we're still not passing the plate. as you come in or as you leave, there's a box on the table in the back for the offering. So let's just have a little prayer for the offering. Lord, as we bring our offerings to you, May our tithe be acceptable in your sight. May the overflow of your blessings and grace be a reminder of your unconditional love for us. All that we have is yours. Thanks be to God. Amen. Karen Tate will be leading us in prayer just after this song.
1: through
2: our lives in a way that would make those we meet want to get to know you like we do. We pray for those who do not have a relationship with you. May they feel the love of Jesus as we do. We pray for those in need of healing, whether it be physical, mental, or spiritual. Would you all please take a moment to lift those close to you up in prayer. Lord, we thank you for bringing us to this place. Please be with Jim as he gives the message you have placed on his heart. And we pray these things in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
0: Thank you very much, Karen. Today's scripture will be in Romans 10. Actually, it's the whole chapter of Romans 10. Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. For Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of his commands. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says... The message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith that we preach. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. Do I need to repeat that? For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, Anyone who trusts in Him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on Him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him? And how can they believe in Him if they've never heard about Him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. But I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they have. The message is gone throughout the earth and the words to all the world. But I ask, did the people of Israel really understand? Yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, God said, I will rouse your jealousy through people who are not even a nation. I will provoke your anger through the foolish Gentiles. And later, Isaiah spoke boldly for God, saying, I was found by people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. But regarding Israel, God said, All day long I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. It's the word of the Lord. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Lord. The message today is, um, I titled it, Give Me the Good News. And I think that you all can put that into a frame of what you heard so far. The good news being the gospel sharing the gospel with others. But firstly, I would like to um, share a couple maybe not-so-great jokes, but one in honor of our great Chuck Lemon. The first one goes out to you, Chuck. I dropped my knife and cut off a toe. After the surgery to reattach it, the doctor comes in and says, I have some good news. I have some bad news. Tell me the bad news first, Doc. The bad news is they mistook a piece of candy for your toe. (laughs) No way. Well, what's the good news? The good news is the surgery was a success. (laughs) Well, wait a minute. What are you trying to say, Doc? You now have a (laughs) tic-tac-toe.
1: Laugh
0: at that That was probably really bad. OK, good news. The test results came back and were negative. The bad news? It was an IQ test.
1: <laughs>
0: bro, I got some good news and some bad news. Just give me the good news, bro. The airbags in your car work perfectly. mo and sam were both 90 years old loved baseball and they had all their entire life one day they were sitting together on a bench in their neighborhood when mo turns to sam and says will you promise me something promise me that if you die first and go to heaven you'll come back and tell me if there's baseball Sam agreed and made Mo promise the same. Three months later, Sam died. And the next week, Mo woke up in his sleep with someone calling his name. Who's there? He called out, Mo, it's me, Sam. Sam, it's so good to hear from you. How's heaven? It's great, but I have some news, some good news and some bad. Well, tell me the good news first, Mo replied. Okay, the good news is there is baseball in heaven. That's great, Mo exclaimed. Well, what's the bad news? Well, the bad news is I was reading the lineup and you're pitching on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) Just give me the good news, bro. Sometimes having to tell any kind of news can be difficult. you agree with me? Yes? No? Do you think it's easier to tell the good news or the bad news? I think most would agree that the good news is much easier to tell when it's in contrast with the bad news. The good news like mom... Dad, you're going to have a grandbaby. Or how about Mom, Dad, I wrecked the Mustang. But we're all okay. The boss says to the employee, You've done a commendable job this year. The partners and I have decided to give you a 25% raise that's some good news (laughs) (laughs) honey I hit the pick four number we can now go on that Disney cruise how about this good news a father sent his son and Jesus was his name he came down from heaven and he lived among us he taught us how to live he taught us how to love He was brutally beaten and murdered for all of our sins. He died and was buried, burying our sins at the bottom of the deepest sea. He paved the road of forgiveness with his blood and his grace. He clothed you in a robe of his righteousness, So that God would accept you back into the family. White as snow. He also, he arose and brought new life to those who trust and have faith in him. He ascended into heaven to prepare a place for us for when we get there. Now that's good news. That's the best news. The good news That good news seems to be the most difficult good news that we share. When I was a young lad, back in the Catholic Church days, we were taught and memorized a whole bunch of stuff from way little, probably younger than theirs. And I remember this one that they call the Apostles' Creed. It's buried way back in there. I can't remember it all because, of course, I'm old and over the hill and my mind's going up. (laughs) But it goes something like this. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, The resurrection of the body and life everlasting amen that's a mouthful for a kid five-year-old maybe huh (laughs) but we used to recite that almost every Sunday and I never really truly understood what it was saying until I was older the Apostles Creed is proclaiming Jesus as our Lord and Savior It is telling us about his crucifixion, his death, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven, the good news. Why in the world would you teach a little kid this creed and have him memorize it? Or why would you you think this is good news? Because this is Jesus' story. This was the seed that was planted many, many years ago. And it grew into the faith and the belief that I have in our Lord Jesus. As Randy mentioned in the past uh, um, few sermons, maybe, we're talking about all of this um, different, help me out, Chuck, the different things with evangelism and prayer and service. Those things, the marks of a mature Christian. Thank you. Um, he had mentioned that I was interested in teaching the evangelism part of that, which I am. I'm very interested. I'm excited to talk about Jesus all the time. And um, I pray that a lot of you, if not all of you, will join that class with me. The two main goals of that class are, one, being able to tell your story, and two, being able to tell Jesus' story if you can share your story with someone of how you came to know Jesus, and you can open the door for them to walk through, they can relate to you being someone that they know. I'm not talking about going door to door and and knocking, and and that's not what I'm talking about. Each and every one of you know at least one person. Each one reach one. Each of you know one person that is unchurched, has no religion, does not know Jesus. You know at least one person. So, if you're going out and you're telling the story of Jesus, you're actually following his instructions in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where he says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So this verse tells us about a process. Jesus says you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So when does the Holy Spirit come upon you? The book of Acts is a fascinating look into the change from the age of Judaism to the age of the church. Jesus was a Jew. The disciples were Jews. But the church is distinctly Christian. The disciples didn't become Christians until John 20. Verse 22, when Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit into them. In Acts 2, verse 4, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. In Acts 8, 14 to 17, however, God waited to give the Samaritans the Holy Spirit until Peter and John could see. We aren't told why, although perhaps it was so these devout Jews could witness the coming of the Spirit upon a group of people so despised by them. Acts 10.45 seems to corroborate this as the circumcised believers, the Jews, were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. Today and always, we receive the Holy Spirit the moment we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. In John 3, verse 5, Jesus says, Unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. When we accept Christ, God immediately seals us with his Spirit. That's Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22. We have an obligation to the Lord. The Lord that has saved us. He gave us his life. He gave his life for us. And in turn giving us life. Eternal. Let's say you were in a, in a bank and it was being held up. This robber is holding everyone at gunpoint. Out of nowhere this guy busts through the door and he tackles this robber and uh, he, he handcuffs him. He saves everybody in the bank. Wouldn't that be exciting? Wouldn't that be an exciting story to tell all your friends? We're witnesses. So let's skip back to Romans chapter 10. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on Him to save them unless they believe in Him. And how can they believe in Him unless they've heard about Him? How can they hear about Him unless someone tells them? How can someone tell them unless they are sent? This is why the scriptures say how beautiful the feet of the messengers who bring good news. How beautiful are your feet? I'll give you a minute on that. Everywhere you walk, you're carrying the good news with you. My question is, how many of you are sharing that good news? There is a quote that's often a misquote, which is attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, which says, preach the gospel at all times, and when necessary, use words. While Francis never made that statement, it does reflect something Franciscan. However, the saints' actual words were far more nuanced. It is no use walking anywhere to preach unless our walking is our preaching. He also says, as for me, I desire this privilege from the Lord, that never may I have any privilege from man, except to do reverence to all, and to convert the world by obedience to the holy rule, rather by example than by word. I don't agree with that I don't agree that we should just walk around trying to look like Jesus and hope somebody takes notice that rarely happens we need to walk the walk and talk the talk it's easier said than done I'm sure our greatest example is Jesus we have to tell his exciting story to everyone how Can they call on him if they've never heard of him? So what am I talking about? We're talking about sharing the gospel, the good news. Sharing the good news is evangelism. It's life-changing. It's life-saving. Has anyone here ever had the flames start to go out. I feel like the flames a little bit low, ready to burn out. It's easy to determine when something is a flame. It ignites other materials. Any fire that does not spread will eventually go out. A church without evangelism is a contradiction in terms. Just as a fire that does not burn is a contradiction. Someone once told me that if you're feeling low or maybe that flame is flickering, get out there and see people. See them where they are. Go to a community kitchen or a, a pantry and hand out food. You have to see these people and you have to talk to them. You're all very blessed, whether you know it or not. And you know how I know that you're blessed? Because you're believers. God has sealed you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus has taken you with his open arms and loves you very much. We have to share this gift of salvation that we are so blessed with having. If you openly declare that that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I've repeated that many times and I hope that's getting in there and sticking. Because that's what you share with someone. Therefore, Father, I confess that Jesus is my Lord. I make him Lord of my life. Right now, I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. I renounce my past life and I close the door to those sinful ways. I thank you for forgiving me of all my sins and I'm I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. And now all things become new in Jesus. Jesus told many stories to help illustrate his moral and spiritual truths. These were called parables. Jesus had the wisdom to simplify the profound spiritual truths he needed to share with humanity in the form of relatable stories that are easy to understand. This parable that I'm about to read for you is the most relatable, in my opinion, to each and every one of us. In Luke chapter 15, we find three parables of Jesus. The first is the lost sheep, the second, the lost coin, and this one, the parable of the lost son. Starting in verse 11, To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this son, this younger son, packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please, Take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to the father. And while he was a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet and kill the calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate this with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was off in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants, what's going on? Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, You celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed with me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and now has come back to life. He was lost. But now he has found. This is the good news. No matter how far away you may be, the Father is waiting for you to return home. Come home running. His arms are open wide. His name is. It's Jesus, and he understands. He's the answer. He's the longing in your heart. That hole, that God-shaped hole that only Jesus can fill. Come just as you are. I'd like to do a song, a special song for you. It's called Come Home Running. And I think it kind of wraps that whole idea of the prodigal son into the music. So if I could get my lovely assistants to assist me.
3: Ransomed by the Savior's blood, Call by name, daughter.
2: As we are privileged to share in the Lord of the Last Supper, take this bread and remember that the body of Christ that was put upon the cross, take and eat in remembrance of him. represents the blood of Christ that was shed for each and every one of us so that we may live, take and drink in remembrance of him.
3: mm yes.
0: Him, they worshipped Him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told His disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I will be with you always, even to the ends of the age. God bless you, and have a wonderful, wonderful week.